Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, usually about 13, 14 minutes. That's all, but it keeps us in God's Word every day. And that is crucial for our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. I cannot overemphasize that. You know people in your life who struggle with their faith and faithfulness. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. You may help them grow in their faith. You may help them come closer to God. You may help them get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but also for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're coming toward the end, not quite there yet, but we're coming toward the end of our line of thought and study. We're talking about how people react to the gospel, the preaching of the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the message of forgiveness and salvation through the Savior that God sent Jesus to bring to mankind. Three reactions. We find the basis for this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and beginning with verse 21. And so here the Apostle Paul says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom, its own wisdom, worldly wisdom, did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Now, a whole lot of people don't like the idea of having to be in church, having to be in a worship service consistently every week. They don't like that idea. They think, ah, we don't need that. I, you know, why do I need to go and hear somebody preach? And, you know, it's boring. It's, you know, I just don't need to do that. I can believe in God without the church. Then why did God send Jesus into this world to establish the church upon this earth? Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Why? Why is the church here if you don't need it? You see, it comes down to a matter of faith again. It comes down down to a matter of how much have you ever really studied the Bible? Oh, not much? You don't really know much scripture? Well, that's the basis for your decision that you don't need the church. You need to get in God's word. But again, that's that's another subject. We come back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and, and verse 22 now. For Jews request a sign Okay, go back to verse 21. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For the Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block. Now, why is it a stumbling block to the Jews? Because they did not accept Jesus as the Savior. He's not the Savior they wanted. Basically, it comes down to that. Why do some people keep changing Scripture, either adding something that they want to believe to it or taking away something that they don't want to believe or maybe just twisting it around, trying to make it fit their mindset rather than making their mindset fit what the Scriptures teach? Well, they, they want to believe what they want to believe. They've got, it, they've got something in their head that, that contradicts what the Scriptures teach, and so they try to make the Scriptures conform to their belief rather than making their belief conform to the Scriptures. So the Jews request a sign. The Greeks seek after after wisdom. Now, again, stumbling block to the Jews? Foolishness to the Greeks, which would have been everybody other than the Jews? The idea of a risen Savior? A Savior who died physically and then arose from the grave? That was foolishness to the Greeks. They didn't think a resurrection was possible. But we preach Christ crucified 
to the Jews a stumbling block, to the Greeks foolishness, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks. In other words, those who become Christians, those who believe and embrace the Savior as the Savior, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. But the first reaction to preaching the gospel on the part of many people is, I don't believe in him. The Jews don't believe in Jesus as the Savior, as God the Son, as the Messiah come to earth. Atheists, agnostics, skeptics do not believe in Jesus. Now, the agnostics and the skeptics, they might say, well, you know, I'm, maybe, but I'm not sure. They're, they're really all about the same. Atheists, skeptics, agnostics, so they don't believe in Jesus. And so they, don't, they have a hard time believing in God. In fact, pretty much they would say, I don't really believe in God. And so thereby they don't believe the Bible that teaches us about Jesus. But history also identifies Jesus as having lived. And history tells us what he came teaching. But they simply don't believe. And, and some of them have just simply made up their minds, I will not believe. Well, what about this? What, I, I will not believe. How did the universe come into existence? I, by chance? That makes no sense. Order out of chaos? No, that, that doesn't happen. Sometimes order digresses into chaos, but chaos bringing order? No, it just doesn't happen. It's scientifically impossible. Well, but I still won't believe. What about all of the what we see here, that obviously life in this world demands that there had been a designer and, an, and, and a master power that put it all into place to work in such a synchronous fashion? No, they still, I just won't believe. It just happened by accident, which is impossible. I won't believe. And if you really came down to it, a whole lot of atheists don't believe in God or Christ because they simply do not want to believe. They want to be able to live a life with no restrictions in their mind, no moral, no moral restrictions. They want to be able to do whatever they want to do. And belief in God, belief in Christ, that would restrict them in a, in a, in a great way. Because now they'd have to think about what is righteousness, what is sinfulness, what is right, what is wrong, what is godliness, what is evil. There's no way to explain good without evil, or rather without God. There's no way really to explain evil without God, because God is the opposite of evil. He's absolute goodness, the personification of goodness. Well, so the first response to preaching the gospel on the part of many is, I simply do not believe Jesus as the Savior. I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in God. Now, some who would say, I believe in God, still don't believe in Jesus, so that's the first reaction that Paul lays out. The second is the idea that a person could be resurrected from the dead. That's stupid. That's foolishness. That's folly. Well, that was the reaction on the part of the Greeks or everybody other than the Jews as Paul identified their reactions in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verses 21 through 25. A stumbling block to the Jews, not the Savior we want. I don't believe in him. To the Greeks, foolishness. One cannot come back from the dead once he's died. Acts chapter 26, beginning with verse 
with verse uh, 22, we find the Apostle Paul on trial, well, basically a trial, but it was really a hearing in front of the Roman governor and also Agrippa, the king of the Jews. Beginning with verse 22 in Acts chapter 26, we read, and Paul is presenting his case. He is laying out who he is, what he is, why he is as a Christian. He said, therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand, witnessing both to small and great, saying no other thing than those which the prophets and Moses said would come, that the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead, and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Now, as he thus made his defense, Festus, the Roman governor, said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. And then Paul said, I am not mad, most nobles Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. The idea that one could die physically and then come back from the dead alive physically when Paul got to that particular point in the gospel message there, the Roman governor, who is a Gentile, or as Paul would had identified everybody other than the Jews in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he was a Greek. He said, that's crazy. Paul, you're going nuts. You're much learning. is driving you crazy. And Paul calmly said, I'm not crazy. I'm not mad. I'm simply teaching the things which are laid out for us in God's word, in God's word. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and beginning with verse 4, and that he was buried, Paul saying, now he identified what he's laying out here as the gospel back in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 15, Moreover, brethren, I, gl- I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved. Verse 4, that he was buried, speaking of Christ, that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, and that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. In other words, some have died. But he says he appeared risen, physically alive, to over 500 at one time. Besides that, the apostles, and besides some others, and I'm sure there were others besides those laid out for us in the scriptures, but well over 500 people he appeared risen to at one time, at one time. And he walked upon this earth after his resurrection for 40 days before he ascended back to heaven. But you see, that was a stumbling block to the Gentiles who did not believe that a person could come back to life after having literally physically died. And so the idea of the risen Savior, that idea, that was foolishness. And that would be the idea of a lot of people who don't believe today. Foolishness. You're talking about 
he was dead. And so people have tried to explain away that Jesus didn't really die on that cross. He just swooned. At the loss of blood, he just passed out. He appeared to be dead, but that was all. Again, that Roman centurion, an officer within the Roman army who plunged that spear into his side, was trained in killing men. He knew exactly what to do. And Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea prepared Jesus' physical body for burial. He was dead. And he came forth from that tomb alive. We'll look at the third reaction next time as we conclude our study. Father, help us. Help us to help people see the truth of Jesus being our Savior. He really came from you, from heaven. He really walked upon this earth. He really taught your truth in the gospel message. He really died on that cross. He really arose from that tomb alive, and he literally went back to be with you in heaven. And he's coming again on the final day of judgment. Help us to help people see and believe. And all glory to you, Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.